I'm Josh Toll. And I'm Brett Roberts. Welcome to Hapticast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hapticast, episode 10. This is Haptic Intel's podcast where we talk about video games and other things that tickle our taints. Good like one. that, the yeah. grundle, it's a good the one. fleshy frumbridge, the gooch, if you will. The gooch. The gooch. It's a good one. Yeah, it is a good one. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'd also like to say thank you for watching every week. Come to us. We appreciate you. Seriously, sincerely, we appreciate the support, especially from the Persona community um, and people interacting with us. We really, really, truly appreciate that, and we like that. So make Definitely. sure, if you like what you see, you share it like other people have, and you comment, you like, and you subscribe. And make sure you send us nudes, okay? And pictures of your puppies, okay? All right. All right. So, I'd like to actually... this I forgot to put this on the slate of things to talk about. But before we talk about games that we're playing, which is how we start every podcast, I'd like to start on a kind of a serious note. Ooh. Okay? As much as we shit on Ubisoft... Mm-hmm. And... As, as much, often. Uh, often. Very often. Yeah. And as much as we have turned Yves Gaumont into a meme here... Mm-hmm. Listen... Yves Gaumont is a hard-working man. Him and his brothers did a lot to bring Ubisoft to mm-hmm. what it is today. It's, yes. it's in the top five game developers that it is. I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah. So I heard this on another podcast that I listened to, P.S. I Love You. Yes. XOXO, over at Kind of Funny. Check them out. We like them. Good podcast. Yeah. Um, and they were talking about it, and I kind of just wanted to give our two cents real quick. So basically, I, I forget the guy's name, but Ubisoft is a publicly traded company started by the Gaumont brothers. Yes. Yves Gaumont is... pretty much the head guy and since they're publicly owned and publicly traded they have stockholders for those of you that don't know what that means basically people anyone can buy into the company they can buy a certain share of the company and the larger the share the larger pull you have over the market and that particular company so somebody bought i think it was like was it 15 25 percent something like a very large chunk of ubisoft very large and now they're trying to come in and there's some kind of litigation or something going on where they're trying to basically kind of take over a little bit and have a really large pool yeah they're like strong arming that yeah now that being said as much as we should on ubisoft number one they're changing their tune lately to try to get back to where they were because i mean you have to put hard work in and do something right to get to as big as they are today. Definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just want to say, make sure you give Ubisoft some support where there is. And we don't want you know, people like that trying to come in and strong-arm companies because that means jobs are lost. Mm-hmm. That means you know, people's ways of lives are changed. The games that are being made are changed. Somebody's going to come in and basically take everything and be like, no. So my thoughts go out to them. Yeah, definitely. And I also want to say that if you think Ubisoft is bad now, uh, imagine how they would be if they were taken over by another company against their will, Yeah, how bad they would be. So keep in mind that although you may think they're bad now, it might get a lot worse. Mm-hmm. So support them. Yeah. So look it up. I just wanted to bring that up. I thought it was important. Uh, very important. Yeah. So we'll see where it goes. But anyway, let's begin, as we always do, by talking about the games that we're playing. Brett. I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> you scared <laughs> you thought, me there. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's see, I platinumed Hitman Go. Very good. Without a guide, all hail to me. Yes. Oh, listen, that took me forever. Mm-hmm. I don't have the patience Sweating. to sit there and play it that long like you I did. literally, I should have, I meant to bring it, I had a freaking notepad, mm. right? I, like, literally, I wrote down, like you said, because you said that you could look up, like, cheat, like, the essential yeah, yeah. cheat code inputs, so I wrote that down. Like, I'd have to, like, do trial and error and be like, okay, so I can go left, down. this yeah. way, this way, you know, pages of notes for those things. Hours. 
sorry, hours and hours, but it was worth it. I felt accomplished after that. That's good stuff. That being said, fuck that, just look up a guide. All right? Good game though, right? It is good. I like it's, it. It's a nice game. I'd like to play that uh, the Lara Croft. Lara Croft Go. Go, because mm-hmm. um, I'm assuming it's probably the same thing yeah. or similar, isn't it? Yeah. Now listen, uh, another thing about that, it makes me want to play Lara Croft Go, but it also kind of makes me want to play the new Hitman game that's coming out. And I know that. No, listen, I know that we've been like shitting on it on the podcast, but I, I don't want to pay. For, like, I don't want to buy the whole thing, but I would like to try it. Well, you don't have to buy the whole thing, Brett. No. You don't have to buy the whole thing. But you I, know why? Because there's a season, right? Mm. And you could just buy the first few levels for $20 coming out pretty soon. Check it out. Yeah, listen, I'm not going to do that, but I'm saying, like, it brought me back into the Hitman, you know, the feeling of Hitman. Like, I have the Hitman collection on PS3. Yeah, but you haven't really played them, right? I played Blood Money as a kid. Blood Money's good. See, what happened, this is my experience with Hitman. I went to my cousin's house. She was way older than me. I was a kid. And... The cousin had a boyfriend, and all he did was sit on the PlayStation 2 and play like Hitman. And he would be like killing people and dragging them and like taking their clothes off and stuff. And I was like, whoa. So that's my experience with Hitman. I played a little bit of Blood Money, and that's it. Blood Money's good. Um, Absolution was pretty Ooh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not critically. Re- I, I enjoyed it. I don't know. That was for the 360 I played it. So. Oh, that's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know which one you're talking about. It didn't do very well in reviews, I don't think. But, yeah. but, you know, it was fun. I thought it was fun. There's Loch Ness Monster Easter egg in it, which is pretty cool. I did hear about that. You shoot, like, a certain thing in your house, and then all of a sudden you look out the window and there's a fucking Loch Ness Monster. Sweet. Yeah. Um, let me see what else. I picked up... I beat Bastion. Oh, yeah, yeah. Beat Bastion. That was good. This will do that story. Listen, the guy who narrates it, beautiful voice. And I looked him up, and he... He he doesn't do anything but Bastion and Transistor. So like all super it's super giant, right? Mm-hmm. All super giants games. That's all he does. He's good. Mm-hmm. He's excellent, and that game is excellent. Highly recommend it. He should do more. It's a good game. He should do more voice acting. It gets uh, gets two slicks out of ten, if you will. That's good because yeah. the slick the slick ratings reverse. Now that's what I'm making it. Oh, okay. So one slick is the best. Ten slicks. That doesn't make any sense. That didn't happen. No, I don't. That understand. that's no that's no good. Don't listen to that. It's eight slicks out of ten. All right. Okay. Whatever you say. Um. Oh wait, I remember what we did. Remember, it was like super ultra slicky dicky. Yeah, and not so. I don't remember where we really there's no, that back then. I don't. There, think there's, there's no a, written rules. Yeah, to it. but I wouldn't say it's like super ultra slicky dicky. I would just say it's it's like it's super slicky dicky. Okay, I see. I, I would say, not even ultra like super slicky dicky. Okay. okay. Um. Let me see. Oh, a game that is super ultra slicky dicky extreme. Heavy Rain picked up Heavy Rain on PS4. Ooh. I just beat it last night. Um, I have four more trophies to go to the Platinum. They are the four hardest trophies. One of them, one of them, I'm pretty sure that you have to hit, like, for those of you that don't know what Heavy Rain is, it is a interactive drama, kind of like Until Dawn, mm-hmm. um, with QTEs, but also, like, to move characters, like, you do, like, certain prompts and stuff like that. But you can, like, walk around and stuff like that. Yeah. But I, I'm familiar with it. It centers around four different characters. Um, and basically the tagline that they use, um, is how far will you go to save someone you love? Is Listen, it's a fantastic game. I played it on PS3. The, the narrative to it is just absolutely phenomenal. It's one of the best narrative driven games you'll ever play. Ever. Hand to God. I'd pick it up if it wasn't $30. It was $10 because I had Beyond Two Souls. Yeah. Um, so seriously, I highly recommend it. If you haven't played it, play it. But... So the one trophy, I'm pretty sure you have to hit the prompts in a certain order. Because I played the level, like, 
a million fucking times, and I did every single prompt, and I was like, the only other option, possible thing, is that I have to hit them in a certain order to pop a trophy, gotcha. I think. So I'll probably have to look that up, because I'm not sitting there doing trial and error. I'm sorry. Yeah. The one is to see every ending. So it's like Until Dawn. Yeah, but here's the thing. I thought there was like, you know, there's four characters. I figured there's probably like four different endings, right? Mm -hmm. I just looked up how many endings in Until Dawn. There's seven, dude! And I was like, there's probably so many fucking shitty fucking things that I have to do throughout the whole game, so I'm going to play it probably a few more times. Is there like a chapter select where you can... <clears throat> there is, but the thing is, and this is where the game gets you, it's where it slicks you, if you will, you can play a level and have the option to not save your progress from that level. You know what I mean? So nothing's going to be affected. So if you want to go back and just play a level to like try to pop a trophy, mm -hmm. you can definitely do that, which I did quite a few times. But... If you want that level saved, and it's somewhere in the middle of the game, or there's a level after it, right, if you already played, you have to replay those levels for things to, like, mm. like, if you save, if you play a level in the middle of the game and save that, the rest of the levels basically become, and you have to replay them, mm. because things build off of each other in the game. Gotcha, gotcha. So, like, cut you off. Yeah. Um, and then there's two other ones. <sighs> what were they? I forget what they were. I actually I looked at my PS I, when I played on PS3 I looked at the trophies mm -hmm. there which helped me out through, throughout the game but there's two that I didn't have that I got on PS3 which I remember being a pain in the ass because I played through that game like four or five times on PS3 yeah it was a while I barely got any trophies though that's the thing that was years ago yeah so we'll see I'm gonna platinum it there's only like 0.1% right now that gotcha gotcha it. so I want to but it's gonna be tough I think you can do it if you got Hitman Go which was kind of tough it was just time consuming I think you can get the heavy rain yeah Assuming time consuming. Yeah. Um, that's it for me. All right. I haven't been playing much. I've been playing uh, Rocket League and I've been playing Smite and mm -hmm. Founders Pack on Smite. Pick it up. Mm. I'm not going to get it yet, but I will get it. I promise you. I did. And I placed my order on my PC. Uh, it should be coming tomorrow. He's joining the Master Race, everybody. So I'll be able to play some PC games. And fun fact my PC was actually named as one of the Oculus compatible right out of the box computers. It's good. It's pretty cool. Pick it up on Oculus. Six hundred bucks, six hundred schmicks. But yeah, I mean, I haven't really been playing much. I uh, play a little bit more Taco Master on my Vita, and I uh, play a little bit more uh, Hitman Go. And besides that, I've been really busy with school, so that's it. I kind of had a nice little break this week. Yeah, so you did. I got to play a lot of games, which was nice. I also got sick and found out that I'm allergic to cats. So if I sound like a shill, that's why. A shill. I got my nozzle spray over there. Listen, if you sound like a shill, it has nothing to do with the cats. It's just me? Yeah. All right. Okay. So, yes, we have a Vita here. If you don't have a Vita, go purchase a Vita. Please. I don't care if it's a legacy console. Vitas are good. Vitas are nice. We like Vitas. Vitas. Okay? All right. All right. Moving into our first topic. All right. Alan Wake's return trademark is not for a game. So. Explain that. Let me explain that. Yeah, you also, to. I just kind of said that. It sounds weird. Alan Wake Return, or Alan Wake's Return, was trademarked a few weeks ago by Remedy. Mm -hmm. And people were like, oh, this is the next Alan Wake game. Oh, boy. What's an Alan Wake, oh, Josh? An Alan Wake is a human being. <laughs> Alan Wake was a game on Xbox 360. It is my third favorite game of all time, which follows the story of a writer who goes to this town with his wife, and shit goes down. Darkness happens, and it's another extremely... Well, mm -hmm. like narrative driven See, game. This is what <laughs> I wish you would have went second for the games we've been playing because you could have segued so well from 
heavy rain to Alan Wake because they're both extremely well made narrative yeah, games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alan Wake, my biggest gripe with Alan Wake was the gameplay is slightly repetitive, but you know what? I don't give a shit because it's written impeccably. Okay. Um, Sam Lake over at Remedy. Okay. And for those that don't know, and I don't know either, I'm going to ask you right now. Remedy makes, uh, they're making Quantum, Quantum Break. Quantum Break, yeah. And is he working on that as well? Yeah, Same he's the creative director at Remedy. Remedy is a is a large, small studio, if that makes sense. Yeah. They have a decent amount of people working there, but Sam Lake is, like, more so, he's kind of like the Hideo Kojima of Remedy. Mm-hmm. Like, his vision is what they do. I gotcha. Because he's an excellent writer, and he's a extremely brilliant young man. No, he's not too young, but he's young enough. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, and I like him and a lot. And I've followed him for a while. Um, but anyway, he came out and said that that he came out and said and clarified that um, the trademark is for an in-game live-action video series starring Sam Lake, which is the creative mm. director. So I guess it's in Quantic Dream? Quantic, Quantum Break? In your Quantum Dream. Quantum Break. Quantum Break. Quantic Dream is the people that make Heavy Rain. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, listen... Just because he said this doesn't necessarily know the fact that they're not doing Alan Wake because in an interview about Quantum Break, he said that they're highly considering moving into doing that game. Like, that's a yeah. series that he wants to return to. It is his love child. It is his baby. It's what got Remedy into the mainstream. Yeah. Another thing to mention is uh, Alan Wake had a couple of DLC packs, and at the end of one of the DLCs, uh, Alan Wake, the, the writer, the character in the game, slaps down a script, and it's called Alan Wake's Return, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, that's, that's where it comes from, really. Yeah. Um, Lake said that there's no real news about anything future Alan Wake related. He's bullshitting because he just said, he said in an interview about Quantum Break that they are considering doing Alan Wake. Mm-hmm. He's like, it is his love child. Like, he yeah. loves Alan Wake. Like, he sucks it off more than I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he also said, quote, we are exploring possibilities and concepting different things, but lots needs to click into place for anything to happen. We will be the first to talk about it when there is something definite to talk about. End quote. Okay. So, what I'm getting out of this is then basically. They filed the trademark uh, for Alan Wake's Return. People are like, oh my god, Alan Wake, the end of the second DLC, it says Alan Wake's Return. Obviously, there's a new game coming out. But now what he's saying is, Sam Lake, he's saying, Quantum Break is coming out, which is another game made by him and their team. And there is a TV show tie-in to Quantum Break. Right. Because it's it's live action. Yeah, Alan Wake had its own live action mini webisode series. Alongside with the game, which was very good. It was very well done. So, and that's kind of seems what Sam Lake's, like, vision is. Like, he likes doing live-action things along with games. Because that's what Quantic Break, Quantum Break has been since the beginning. Yeah. I mean, it's changed because Microsoft cucked them. But Yeah. So, basically, what I heard was there's TVs in the background of the live-action. And you can see Alan Wake's Return playing on it. Mm-hmm. Really is what it is. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, regardless, I'm telling you right now, that's the next game they're making. Oh, exactly. Quantum Quantum Break's gone gold. They're gonna have a small team go and handle shit with that, and that's it. They're developing Alan Wake too, or whatever it's gonna be called. The next Alan Wake game that's happening. I'm sorry, but that's it. Because if they're smart, which they are, see Alan Wake was like a, a sleeper hit yeah, at yeah. first. No, definitely. I, I only knew about it because of our friend Carlos, if you remember. Oh, yes. And he was he didn't even play the game. Like he was like, yeah, dude, this game sounds awesome. I was like, you know, it does. And I got it and I played it. And I was like, yo, this is fucking slick as shit. And no one was talking about it. I didn't see shit for it anywhere. Yeah, no. You're and then right. slowly it's built built steam like over the years as Sand Lake and Remedy has come more and more into the mainstream. No, you're right. You're 100 percent right. So I was there from the beginning. Okay. So I never played it. I'd like to. I wish it was on PC. It's not on PC, right? No, it is. 
I'm picking it up. It's on PC. Tomorrow. Yeah. Excuse me. <coughs> but yeah. All right. Good stuff. Okay. Phil Spencer signals Xbox One hardware upgrades. Okay. During his Xbox Spring Showcase event keynote, Microsoft's head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, talked about future of hardware innovation for the console, similar to the ways PC of PCs evolve. Hmm. Okay. So in a speech to reporters, he said that the Xbox One could see a future in which it is upgraded rather than replaced by new consoles. Spencer was talking about how Microsoft has was sought to align its Windows 10 and Xbox One development activities under the internal universal Windows platform, while offering backwards compatibility for many Xbox 360 games now playable on Xbox One. All right, let's talk about this a little bit before we move on to the rest of the happen. I think this is an excellent idea. Me too. I think making a console future-proof is amazing. Me too. By the way, uh, all this that I'm referencing is from a, a Polygon article, and a lot of it's taken from snippets of his interview, and I'm going to read like the last bit of his interview, because I think what he says is amazing, because people were literally shitting down his throat yeah. about this. So, No, I just wanted to, real quick, I'll just finish up then. I, I think that it's a great idea. I think interchangeable parts is a great idea, being able to change the RAM and the graphics card, and mm -hmm. even being able to take out the disk drive if you want to. Uh, yeah. You know, all these different things that you can... People bitch, like, oh, I wish the Xbox One did this or didn't have this or it was better like this. Making, I understand that people that own an Xbox One now will be a little pissed off, like, oh, well, you're making a new Xbox that can do all this, and I can't do that, blah, blah, blah. Listen, this is a great opportunity for people that don't have an Xbox One. If they make an Xbox One that has interchangeable parts, this is a perfect way. Like, this would mm -hmm. make me want to buy one. However, I do want to say, they also spoke about how they're porting a lot of their Xbox One games to PC now. Right. Which I'm going to get into. Okay. I'll wait then. Okay. You do that. Yeah. A lot of this is all going to tie into I, both, what both of our opinions are. Okay. So, he was addressing the concerns of some Xbox One owners that the exclusives des destined for that console are appearing on PC, mm. thus eroding the value of owning a console. He argued that consoles could and should be upgradable like PCs and that the model of generation shifts may be coming to an end. Quote, we see on other platforms, whether it be on mobile or PC, that you get a continuous innovation that you rarely see on console, end quote. Well, continuing, he says, Consoles lock the hardware and the software platforms together at the beginning of the generation. Then you ride the generation out for seven or so years while other ecosystems are getting better, faster, and stronger. And then you wait for the next big step function. When you look at the console space, I believe we will see more hardware innovation in the console space than we've ever seen before. You'll actually see us come out with new hardware capability during a generation, allowing the same games to run backward and forward compatible because we have a universal Windows application running on top of the universal Windows platform that allows us to focus more and more on hardware innovation without invalidating the games that run on that platform." End quote. All right, listen, this sounds perfect. There's nothing <coughs> wrong with this. Yeah. So far, I don't see where anyone's complaining. I don't understand. Spencer said that Xbox One owners could be Xbox One owners could be offered optional hardware upgrades in the future that allows the consoles to keep up with the emerging and competing technologies. Such a move would suggest an end for new console launches. He said, we can effectively feel a little bit more like we see on PC, where I can still go back and run my old Doom and Quake games that I used to play years ago, but I can still see the best 4K games come out and my library is always with me. Hardware innovation continues while the software innovation is able to take advantage, and I don't have to jump a generation and lose everything that I played before. Listen, they're doing everything right. Xbox is doing everything right right now because they know, they're, they, know they did wrong, and here's the thing. Phil Spencer came in at a really, really shitty time. And he's doing the best of what he, he was can. like, oh, hey, look at this steaming pile of shit left by Don fucking Cuttrick, dude. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to shovel it up. I'm going to fucking plant some roses and some daisies. And here you go. Listen, 
he's doing a great job. I love this guy. He's amazing. And this idea is great because they know that if they try to launch another console in seven years after this loss, it'd be tough for them to, you know, yeah. be tough for them. Absolutely. So here's the thing. Here's the, the root of this problem. Number one, the fact that he even has to address it is fucking stupid, okay? Mm-hmm. Listen, it totally makes sense. Why would you be opposed, right, to spending less money to get a better console instead of having to go out and shill another four or $500 for a console, you can shill maybe 50 to $200 for a part to upgrade it for a few years. Well, yeah, but how about the fact that you're... There's even more than that. You can play your old games and you don't have to lose any exactly. of your games. Like, listen, backwards compatibility is a big deal to a lot of people. Yeah. They want to play their games they spend so much money on. Right. I have a pile of PS3 games here that I want to play on my PS4, but I can't. And I, I'm like, well, do I want to play these on my PS3? And I'm like, do I feel like turning it on? Do I feel like booting up my PS3? Do I feel like plugging it in, making sure everything's working? Updates? You know what I mean? I want, I want convenient... Like, I want it to be more convenient, and I feel like Xbox is doing that. They have a cohesive ecosystem. Yeah, they they have a backwards compatibility system that they built now for Xbox 360 games on the Xbox One. You can play your Windows... You can play the games on Windows now, too, which is a good and a bad thing. Now that I'm getting a Windows PC, and I can play a lot of the Xbox One games on that. You know what I mean? But here's the thing. It just allows for more variability in the market. Like... Listen, the problem is that Xbox people and console people are, are getting pissed off that their games are going on to PC and that they're afraid that they're going to have to upgrade their console and they're not getting a new console or whatever. And PC people are blatant, upset because, oh, you have the fucking console space coming into our fucking master race space and yeah. your fucking peasantry better not touch me. Who the fuck gives a shit, dude? It's the future. Are you serious? Like, why can't you just coexist happily? Mm. Like, seriously. And I feel like as so, like as PlayStation people, we're kind of well. We have our own problems within, but we're over here within our own world, and we're, I'm just I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Like I have I have a PS4, I have an Xbox One, and I have a PC. Do I, I don't care if something comes out on Xbox One or PC? And we've said this before. Mm-hmm. Like why the fuck is it a big deal? Like I wanted to play Sunset Overdrive so bad, but I can't. Yeah. I'm not gonna cry about it you know yeah um, like i see the argument with people about saying that the windows store is fucking fucked up which it is and that needs an overhaul it seriously needs an overhaul because that's putting a lot of restrictions on the pc space but i just i still i don't understand this argument it is a this is the exact best thing for microsoft to do and it allows them to do it because of like the, the windows ecosystem that he's talking about yeah. and expanding that to the xbox too because that's what i'm guarantee you that's what's giving you the backwards compatibility that's, that's absolutely why it's easier now because they have a, essentially a OS or a PC running on that. It's just a PC mm-hmm. now, essentially. Yeah. And they have like an emulator running. Exactly. Or not, yeah. So then... Well, real quick. Yeah. Are you going to get into Phil Spencer on Twitter or no? I think it might be in here. Because I would like to say something. I'm just going to say it. Go ahead. Yeah. Phil Spencer, I want to just literally suck him off because he's literally the coolest guy. And I, I wish we had a guy like him on PlayStation. I mean, we have Shu. Yeah. Shuhei Yoshida, but like, Phil is this god, I don't know, it's hard to explain. And someone tweeted, like, what games are you looking forward to most this year? And he said, you know, I'm looking forward to Quantum oh, Break, yeah. and I'm looking forward to, you know, a couple Xbox One exclusives. And he goes, and I'm, I'm looking forward to Uncharted 4 as well. And someone commented and, or tweeted him back, and they said, well, you know, just wave the white flag already, Phil. It's over. We Even you're admitting it's over. And he's like, how? Because I'm I'm hoping that a game franchise that I love does well. And he, he basically said, Fanboy, fanboys are stupid, console war is stupid, 
And if a company makes a good game, why shouldn't you praise them for it, regardless of who you are, who you work for? Saying Naughty Dog makes a quality product. And we're Sony, as you can see by this PlayStation Vita here, we're Sony advocators. We love the PlayStation line. I mean, I used to be an Xbox 360 gamer myself, but I moved over. And it's just, there is no fanboys. And to us, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I just, I. it's so cancerous to have number one console wars going on and then PC and console wars. And can't we just, like, seriously, we're, just, we're all, obviously, we like video games for a reason. Yeah. Like, just stop fucking complaining and just, Play games. And just Phil, have fun. And Phil sees it that way, which is amazing. I think that's yeah. really cool. You have to appreciate your competition, or you don't even need to see them as competition. Mm-hmm. He's a, Obviously, he's a gamer. He wants. He likes that game franchise. He wants to play it. Who the fuck cares? So what if he works for Xbox? He's a rich man with a lot of money. I'm, yeah. I'm sure he has a PlayStation 4 and a Wii U, so... It's like the same thing. If you work for a fucking restaurant, it's not doesn't mean that you're not going to ever go... You're not going to ever not go to another restaurant. Yeah, like you work at McDonald's. Are you going to yeah. go to Burger King? No. Like... You're going to fucking give me a stroke. Yeah. All right, go ahead and move on. Anyway, so Polygon, Polygon interviewed him, and that's where I'm getting a lot of this stuff, but he, I just want to read this. And it's not super lengthy, but it's a little bit, but just bear with me, okay? Because this is beautiful. I want, I want all these words framed on my wall, right next to that fucking quote by uh, Guillermo del Toro. I'll do whatever the fuck he wants. Mm-hmm. This is going right next to it. It's quite longer, though. He says, quote, we look at these other ecosystems out there like mobile, tablet, and PC, and we see that they have a very continuous evolution cycle in hardware, whereas between console generations, most of the evolution is making it cheaper and potentially making it smaller. Both are meaningful, but don't make the games play any better. If you look at PC specifically and see the evolution that happens there, there's no reason why consoles can't ride that same curve. I look at the ecosystem that a console sits in, and I think that it should have the capability of more iteration on hardware capability. Sony is doing this with the VR, and adding VR capabilities mid-cycle to the PlayStation 4, and they are doing that by adding another box. I don't mean that as a negative, but it's not changing what's the core console about what the core console is about. For consoles in general, it's more important now than it's ever been because you have so many of these other platforms that are around. It used to be that when you bought your console, you were way ahead of the price performance curve by so much relative to a PC. But now PCs are inexpensive and your phones are getting more and more capable. I still think that a console is the best price to performance deal that is out there, but when you look at the evolution, I'm not going to announce our roadmap for hardware, but what I wanted to say on stage for people when they see this vision of ours and question our commitment to console, I want to make sure that that people see that what we are doing enables us to be more committed to what consoles are about than we this is a fucking run on there phil what consoles are about than we've ever been and, inno- and innovate more consistently than we ever have that's the key for me key to success that's the dj Caleb key to success right there innovation so i seriously i don't see any problem with this bless you phil keep on doing what you're doing i agree that's that. I don't have anything else to say. I think that that's it. Yeah. That wraps it up pretty well. I'm telling you right now, if you're on the opposite side of that fence where you're mad about any of this, well, you're not a human being. Okay? All right. Moving on, an article I found on This Gen Gaming. Okay? This kind of ties in to the last topic. Okay? Mm-hmm. Rampant speculation over the future of Xbox brand has ensued ever since the announcement of Quantum Break going to PC. It's very true. While there have been hints that Microsoft wanted to bring console and PC gaming into one ecosystem for a few years now, the past few weeks have really 
cemented this vision that Microsoft has with the company, revealing a plethora of games and featuring set to hit Windows 10 and Xbox One. In their spring press showcase, which is what Phil was talking about, mm -hmm. Microsoft revealed further games coming to Windows 10, such as Forza Motorsport 6, Apex, and also shared some hints about the direction they're taking in console gaming. So why I bring up this article is because of these few things that they bring up about how much money companies could save, right, mm -hmm. doing this. You have to think about how much research and development goes into consoles, right? New OS, new controllers, new hardware designs, different hardware supplements for it, dev kits, dev cycles, getting developers to fucking make games for it. Mm -hmm. There's so much money. Advertising. Exclusive deals. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, imagine the amount of money that goes into that. Seriously. Excuse me for using Laura's name in vain if there's any fucking shills out there. But, <laughs> listen... The plug-and-play affordability of consoles with upgrades may, makes it easy like PC. Maybe even easier. Yeah, because listen, you have a PC, you shill out however much in the beginning, okay? But you can always upgrade it forever. Yeah. Forever. Now, some parts are more expensive than others, and you have to put out more money for certain things. But once you have that core PC, it's not like you have to like go buy a whole new PC. You know what I mean? Like You can just keep upgrading it if you want to. Yeah, another thing is... like. These guys are good at making weird tech things seem like basic bitch things, if you know what I mean. So, mm -hmm. for example, PCs, they're a little daunting when you open it up and you look inside and you see all these chips and wires and plugs. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now, Xbox and Microsoft, they could totally make it so they make a new console. You could take the top off and everything is like not color-coded, but basically they can make it so it's so much easier for a person. Like You can make it so easy, but to be honest, it takes you... 10 minutes of going on the, the internet, well, yeah. looking up a YouTube video well, to seeing how to do everything. Yeah, but what I'm saying is they could literally make it so you open it up and it's like, this is obviously your RAM, this is your memory, and it has like this nice green little like plastic on it to so let you know and you take it out and you buy a new one in a store and it, you know what I mean? Like, that'd be crazy. It's not hard. Well, no, I know it's not, but I'm saying it. For the, yeah. I, they I could totally that. make this, like, remember when they, when Xbox 360 first got USB support? Remember that? Yeah. They started selling Xbox USBs, and people were like, oh, I got to get myself one of the Xbox USBs. Like, that's the only kind that'll work on my Xbox. You know what I mean? And they made it, like, really, it wasn't, like, anything crazy. It was just a normal USB flash drive, and it, it, it was green or whatever, and it looked like an Xbox product. Yeah. They could market that. They could make a new graphics card. Or like they can use Nvidia's graphics card or whatever they want to do, but they could like just brand it and make it look like an Xbox product and an easy plug and play. Just you know what right. I mean? They could they can manufacture yeah. it like that, and I, I think it would work. So another representative from Microsoft said that the fundamental concern that people have is: Are we losing focus on the console? Is Microsoft somehow backing, going back to, somehow going to back away? Sorry, from our console focus and have us only focus on Windows? And they answered, absolutely not. True. He said in an interview with IGN, I don't, I didn't write down the guy's name. This might have been Phil Spencer, but I think it was some other dev. Um, he said, quote, we are more committed to our console and the future of that console than we have ever been, end quote. Yeah, I mean, they just put that Forza game, like you said, it's a free-to-play. Yeah. And Gears of War Ultimate Edition is getting ported over to PC. Mm -hmm. So. Listen, I just thought those all tied in together and listen. You... Relax. I agree. I'm just going to play my Vita until everyone chills out. Okay. So. Right. No Man's Sky has a release date of June 21st and will cost 60 smackaroos. 
Yeah. Once you buy it on Amazon, then it's like forty nine ninety nine. It'll be released digitally Prime. as well as physically. Mm. Let's talk about, about all right. Let's talk about the release date first. Let's let's break it up. Let's unpack it. Let's unbox it. Let's talk about it piece by piece, Josh. <laughs> no Man's Sky in general. What do you think? That's that's what I think. I think that the games are really ambitious, and I think that they have a lot on their plate, and I don't know if they're going to be able to make everything work the way that they say it, it will. Um, I wish there was a multiplayer co-op uh, where I could play with my friends, and the graphics are awesome, and it looks good. That yeah. is my thoughts on that. Listen, it isn't a very highly ambitious game. Being made by a very small team. Yeah, absolutely. And Sean Murray, I'll Listen, marry you any, t- any day you Sean want. Murray's a cute little bay, right? Yeah. But the more I see, the less I'm sold. Honestly, like, I, I think the game's going to be fine, and I think it's ambitious. It's... I'm going to wait till it comes out. Mm-hmm. and Reviews? We'll see. Well, yeah, I'd like to play it myself to see, but I just... I think it's going to be fine, but I have worries about it. So I'm just going to keep my full-hearted opinion to myself, but know that when I say it, I'm thinking about it now, if I'm right. And I'll let you know. Okay. okay. We'll talk about it. All right, let's unpack the next topic, the next part then, rather, uh, the release date. Didn't we just do that? No, I mean, let's talk about the release date ah, specifically. What do you remember. think? <laughs> Whatever. You don't care that's coming out in June? No. I think June's a good time. Uh, it's fine. Like this game was supposed to be a launch title yeah. with PS4. Well, no, wasn't it? No, no, it wasn't. I thought it was. They showed it off at E3 after PS4 was already oh, out. Yeah. Regardless, it was supposed to come out a while ago. That's fine. They need more time. They're a small team, obviously. June's fine. It's a summer release. It's, it'll be the probably one of their biggest sellers in the summer game. You know what I mean? They have yeah. Uncharted right before that, and then so. That's fine. I think June's a good release. Uh, it makes me question the PSVR compatibility we uh, speculated on before mm-hmm. in the past. Uh, I don't know when exactly that's going to come, but we were thinking more along the lines of fall for PSVR. Yeah. So if this is a PSVR launch title, uh, which it kind of looks like it might be, PSVR might be coming out a lot sooner than we anticipated. And last but not least, let's talk about the price. Go ahead. You want to hold it? You don't want to talk about it? I'm sure if the game's sixty dollars, I think it's worth sixty dollars. It's interesting. I didn't. I didn't think you would say that. I'm gonna hold my tongue because I don't want to get shit on. Uh, I think the game's a good price. I don't. I think it's too much for what it. Listen, I think that the game. I think the game needs a beta. It's not gonna get one. Or a demo. It's not gonna get one. It needs it because think about Destiny. Think about how much playtime we got from Destiny before we got it, and it made us want it. You know what I mean? And it builds hype. I think that No Man's Sky is the perfect game. It needs a beta. It needs a demo. It needs an alpha. It needs something. I don't think we're gonna get it. They listen. They're probably gonna be working on this game. I, I could even see it being delayed again, to be honest. Well, pre-order, I guess. I was going to say, pre-order's already launched, but then again, uh, Uncharted 4. So. Because Sean Murray said in a recent interview, which one of the things he said that kind of worried me, in a sense, he said that it was good that they had a release date, but that it's still, you know, the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. It's still far away. So... Here's another thing that, that I'll play into it again, PSVR. Uh, if it is 
going to be a launch title. PSVR has a special event coming up very soon. March 15th. And I think that the reason they put out the announcement of No Man's Sky being out a week or two before this ceremony or event is because they're going to unveil it is compatible. And I think they wanted to get the pre-orders. I think they wanted to di- like not have it be associated with VR yet because they didn't want people to think that... Right, So they announced... The, let's say the event happens, PSVR event. And they're talking about the release date, and there it goes. Okay, so PSVR comes out in May. And everyone's like, oh my god, it comes out in May. And No Man's Sky also comes out and launches with it, and it's PSVR compatible. Then people would associate it as a PSVR game. So maybe they released... They release the release date two weeks beforehand so people don't associate it solely with VR. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That being said, it'll work well with VR. I think. Oh, yeah, it'll be a great game in VR. Yeah. I think the... Back to the price. I think the $60 price tag is a little too much. We'll have to see. I think that... I mean, maybe not, though. I mean, think about how much exploration and how much work goes into it. 100%. I just wish that I could play with my friends. And... (laughs) The special edition right now is on PS the PS4 version anyway. $64 on Amazon if you have Prime. $80 usually, but that's a great price for a special edition. It comes with a steelbook case, limited edition art book, uh, DLC, PlayStation 4 theme. And on the PC, there's like a $120 plus one um, that comes with a diecast model of the ship in the game. So those price points actually you know, m- kind of make for a value, if you will. $60 for the base game or forty nine ninety nine if you have Amazon Prime or Best Buy Gamers Unlocked or whatever it's called. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to hold my tongue until it comes out. Okay? All right. <laughs> it's funny that this next topic is talking about essentially shitting on Ubisoft and you go back to the beginning and... Our podcast, yeah. I'm sorry, but it's... You got to say it. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The Division reviews will not hit before release. It's one of these games that they fucking hold the uh, the embargo yeah, until the, the game minute. is released. Yeah. Which is usually no good. You can't do that, folks. And let me tell you why. Because when you do that, your game's bad. Guarantee it 100% of the time. Let me ask, Maybe though. Maybe not 100% of the time. Let me ask, though. Why? I'll tell you why, Brett. This is what they said. They justified the decision by saying it would, quote, be impossible for the company to adequately populate the servers okay. for reviewers, end quote. I actually understand that. Oh, me too. I could totally understand that, but I'm going to call bullshit. Listen, that makes perfect... I was going to say why, and that explains it. I'm not being sarcastic either. I'm going to call bullshit. All right, listen. Here's the thing. Why would they hold them if it's bad? Because, listen, what, two betas? Okay, two. People have played this game. There's people that talk about this beta and how they how much they love it. This game is not. Think doing, about how many people were reviewing it. Number one. This game is not doing bad by any means. People want yeah. this game. Then they go and say there's no microtransactions too. Then they go, oh yeah, we have DLC coming out, but it's not microtransaction DLC. It's gonna be like good DLC. And everyone's like, what could go wrong with this game? What is wrong with this game that they wait till the last minute? Everything is going great. People have played it, and then there's people that are like, well, pre-order canceled. I'm not gonna buy it without seeing a review. Dude, I know, I'm sorry if this is against your your point, but dude, you played the game. You had two opportunities to play the game and try it yourself. If that didn't catch you, then a review sur- certainly wouldn't. You're listening to someone else talk about it. Yeah. You had the chance to play it twice. You're going to cancel it? I don't. I think people are overreacting about this. 
but I think that it's stupid. Listen. It's I, stupid to jeopardize your name like anytime that. Anytime this happens, it means bad juju for your game. That's what I mean. Why okay? are they jeopardizing it? At this Every time this has happened in the past five plus years, number one, the game has probably predominantly 90% of the time been fucking shit on a fucking dookie turd stick, dude. All right. right you're right. And when this happens, it immediately throws up a red flag. Like, why? What's so bad about your game? The last one that I can remember about is that fucking Spider-Man game. You remember that? No. The Amazing Spider-Man game? The reviews... I don't know why. But I, well, I mean, the game was destined to do shit anyway because it's adapted from a movie, and most of the time those games are bad. And it was awful. It was so bad. So anytime you do this, immediately your game it gets a red flag on it. Like, why? Yeah, oh. and that's what's happening right now. So I played the division. And I liked what I played, and this does make sense for Ubisoft. But I think you could probably figure out a way to populate the servers either with the people that are reviewing it. You give it to people that are early access. You give it to YouTube personnel, whatever. There's people that can be on the servers or populate it with AI for the and review. The game is in a multiplayer exclusive game and has single player elements. The game is a single player campaign. You can just play co op. Yeah. And, and that's not the main focus, though. The main focus is interacting with people. I'm triggered right now. It is. I know, but... It's built as a multiplayer game. Listen, I didn't play any online with anything. No people were in the game with me until I decided that I wanted to play online. So, I don't understand. And that Dark Zone or whatever is a big focus of them, too. Oh, of course, yeah. I Listen, I think it's... This is another example of a company doing something really dumb that is jeopardizing their name. Uh, like Hitman, the new Hitman game coming out, which we talked about a little bit in the beginning of the podcast. And we talked about in full length uh, a couple podcasts ago. It's like, why would you jeopardize the, the name? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Don't do... If your game is good, let people... I'm done. I'm triggered right now. I'm sorry. Listen, companies... At this point, you know what works and you know what doesn't with gamers. Like, And this is one thing that is a big no-no. No, dude. Mm-mm. Can't do it. I'm sorry. No matter what the excuse is, you, you can't do it. I'm triggered right now. Because listen, dude, all they had to do, like you said, is just give the game to a couple of YouTube personalities and a couple of reviewers and the servers. Populated with AI, you can figure be, something dude, out. Dude, the servers would be fine. You don't need. There's full, already AI in the game. You don't need your full server capacity for people to review the game. I mean, I know you want real. I, they want like real interactions with the players. I, I get that. But come on, dude. I'm done. That's it. Companies, stop fucking your game. That The games that don't look bad, you're fucking them. Don't do it. I'm done. That's it. Pack it up. I'm done. I'm leaving. You've been done about 18,000 times in the past 10 seconds. You good? You done? I'm ready to go. All right. Indie games that are good. They spice up the gaming market. You can connect with them. You can connect with them. Indie games are nice. I like to support small groups of people that are making games that they want to tell the stories that they want to and deserve some spotlight. Indie Intel is a series here on Hapticast where Brett and I bring spotlight to indie games that we feel deserve to be loved on some more. Okay? This week we're talking about Pinstripe, Brett. Pinstripe is a game that I found on Kickstarter. It is a... I'm going to read the description of the game. Pinstripe is a 2D adventure game about an ex-minister named Teddy who must explore hell in search of his daughter, Bo, who has been kidnapped by a strange entity claiming to be God. 
Pinstripe features bizarre and interesting puzzles, strange monsters to shoot with your handy shotgun, and unique and lovable characters to engage with in order to advance through hell. With simplistic and casual gameplay, the player can focus on the art, music, and story and become immersed in the beautiful atmosphere. The goal of Pinstripe is to make you feel like a kid again without being bogged down with stuff that is confusing and unnecessary. This is achieved by picking up the controller, running around and exploring the strange world, hanging out with funny characters, and occasionally shooting your shotgun to complete puzzles. For Pinstripe, simple gameplay makes exploring hell super fun. I think this game sounds great. I like it. Number one, the art style yeah. is the first thing that pops up. I was going to say the concept alone sounds good, but the art style is what makes it a game. Yeah. Like, it it, it like you said um, before like we started this, it kind of looks like Ori in the Blind Forest a little bit. Yeah. Kind of like Tim Burton esque a little bit. You throw in some a little bit of the fucking uh, limbo in there a yeah. little bit. I said the art style kind of reminds me of the vampires from um, Adventure Time a little bit, like yeah, Marceline, yeah, yeah, yeah. the vampire. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, so it's being made by one guy named Thomas. I don't know his last name. Everything. Off my head. But go to Kickstarter and check it out. He's making the music. He's making the levels. He's doing the art. He's well, he has voice actors now because they hit a certain mm -hmm. tier. So he's got voice actors for the game. Go on there, support him. The next goal is 90000 At the time of this video, I think they're at 87000 I believe I have their Kickstarter up. I just wanted to read some of the tiers. Um, you know, early on, it's like you get a copy of the game, you get a key for the game, whatever. Yeah. But it's coming out for PC, Mac, and Linux. Um, you can get producer credits the further and further you go up. You can get, like, super producer and master. Like, there's a lot of stuff mm -hmm. on there. But go on there, check out the art, look at the trailer. It looks fucking slick. They have different tiers on there, and yeah, right now it is at eighty-seven thousand dollars, almost wow. at eighty-eight thousand, and its goal was only twenty-eight thousand dollars. So, it's way, it's it's good, it's going. But go on there and give them some love. We, I think this game is going to be nice. I'm going to probably pick it up on PC. Oh, yeah. It really, it appeals to me and it tickles my limbo senses. If that makes yeah. sense. I mean, there's some gameplay too. People can check out yeah. uh, game. The Game Grumps played it. Yeah, Game Grumps played it. Mm -hmm. So if you guys are fans of Game Grumps, go check that out. Otherwise, don't do that because if you're not a fan of Game Grumps, don't watch their. Don't do it. <laughs> and again, the purpose of Indie Intel is so that shills that hate on indie games will stop doing it because indie games are nice and they spice up the gaming market. Break it down. to a new segment we're going to do here on Hapticast called GG No Re. Okay? That's it. What this is, is it's going to be right before Unpopular Opinion every week, and we're going to come at you with games that we've picked up, played maybe once or twice, and then we're like, you know what? We're not going to play anymore. This comes to us by suggestion of somebody that watches us, Mr. Tyler Kelch. Yep. Thank you. He's helped us quite a few times with some audio video recording, and he is a good friend of ours. So thank you, Tyler. Thanks. Go ahead. All right, GG No Re. Uh, let's see. So there's this game that was free with PlayStation Plus a couple of months ago. It's called Hardware Rivals. It's a game where you drive around in a car and shoot things. There are other cars. Um, basically Twisted Metal, but the art style is like Rocket League. I wanted the Platinum Trophy in it really bad, but the game was halfway broken. I couldn't ever play with you. I couldn't ever play with anyone that I wanted to. Um, so GG No Re, Hardware Rivals. Maybe someday I'll pick you up. Actually, no, because it's no re. So, no, I will never pick you up. All right. For me, one that I actually played 
more recently, and I'd like to, but it's not going to happen, because I'm going to GG No Ryu, Shadow Warrior. GG No Ryu. Don't do that. I picked up that game. That game was fucking slick. It was awesome. I I had a good time with that game. I played it for a few days, and I was like, this game is fucking slick. I like this. And then, you know what? I was like, you know what? It's kind of repetitive a little bit. It's a little good, but I'm like, you know what? I'm good. I'm not going to play it. Put it down, GG No Ryu. Let's talk about that a little bit more, because I agree with you that it's too long. That game is way too long. The remake of Shadow Warrior, it's a fucking slick game. The graphics are slick, not like good, but they're like unique. Yeah. You know, the gameplay is fun. It is, rep- it's, but uh, it's too repetitive for how long it is. That game is long as fuck. I've played so many hours of that game. Yeah, and it's kind of the same thing over and over again. Yeah, I've played so many hours of that game, and I feel like I'm still, like I should be done it by now. You know what I mean? That's why I haven't played. I haven't beaten it. I haven't played it. I'm not gonna GG Nori it, but GG Nori. No. Moving on to how to end this podcast every week, talking about unpopular opinions that we have. Basically, this means we come at you, we get triggered, don't hate on us, it's our opinion, okay? Say, what's that button do? I'll show you. What the fuck? Alright, do you have one this week? Because I got one. Go ahead. I got a spicy meatball for you this yeah, week. I'm going to let right? you go. I might right. zone you out a little bit, thinking of one. No, no, you need to listen to this. Okay. Okay, I got a spicy meatball here All for right. you. Okay, so the Oscars happened, okay, mm-hmm. two weeks ago from this podcast, okay? Now listen, I was there. If, for those of you that don't, you were know, there. I was no, I was there watching it. I mean, not you were there. there. No, not there. Fuck you. Listen, for those of you that don't know, I'm a movie buff. I enjoy films. I can guarantee you that I watch a lot more movies than the normal average person. Mm-hmm. Okay, I watch a lot of movies. A lot. I like them a lot. Okay, I enjoy good film and I appreciate it. So let me tell you something. At the Oscars last week, I was pleasantly surprised when movies that I was like, basically I had my list, right? And I had a pick. I had my pick, right, for what I wanted to win, yeah. what I personally believe would win. And then I was like, you know what? What is the Academy actually going to pick? And then I had that. Now, some of them were like what the Academy was going to pick, and I was right. And then Mad Max started winning all these fucking Oscars, dude. And I was like, that's fucking slick, dude. Like, thank God. Because Mad Max was my pick for a lot of them. And I was like, that's fucking awesome that they recognize this movie. Because Mad Max was fantastic it was the best critically reviewed movie of 2015 by the way okay has the highest metacritic score for 2015 for a film okay okay but so we're getting there we're going on and then we get the best picture okay and my top three picks were the revenant which i thought was a shoe-in to win mad max or the big short okay but the room or room not for Best Picture. Okay. Room was really good, and I enjoyed that. And Brie Larson did a fantastic job. So she did, won for that, though, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. so did Jacob Tremblay. But The Revenant, Leo finally won an Oscar. I'm sorry. I love you, Leo, but this was not his best role. So this is literally a makeup Oscar. This is makeup sex by the Academy to Leo for not giving the Oscar. Because you know what? Eddie Redmayne deserved the Oscar this year for The Danish Girl. Okay? That's what it is. If you haven't watched it, check it out. It's about transgender, and back in the 1800s, it's good. Eddie Redmayne did a fantastic job in there. Awesome. So we get there, and I was like, one of those three are definitely going to win. And then Morgan Freeman, right? He he goes, and he said the Oscar goes to, and he was like, Spotlight. He did. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? And Eddie Renmain rolled up with a suitcase full of monsters and opened it up, and dragons came out. Right? When he announced that, I went fucking berserk, dude. I was like, you're literally... That yeah. should not have happened. That movie was not the best movie. Now, let me tell you something <laughs> about Spotlight. Okay? Listen, Spotlight was an important film. Okay? It shed light on something that was serious. It's like Indie Intel. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. 
Um, but it shed light on popes, or not sorry, not popes, priests in the Catholic Archdiocese in Boston touching little kids and raping them. Okay? It's a big deal. Some sexual assault. It's a very, it's a very, very big, big deal. Yeah. And it was very serious. And the reason this movie was so important is because it finally opened up a dialogue for these victims to come forward and start to get help and start to hold these priests accountable for the horrible things that they did. And listen, it's a solid film. It's by no means a bad movie. By no stretch of the imagination. No, is it a good movie? No. It's 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 a decent film. Like, it's a solid flick, all right? Mm-hmm. It's a solid flick. I can't believe I just said that. It's a solid fucking flick. It is. The solid flick from Ants. Okay? No, that's Bugs Life. Flicks from Bugs Life, right? Mm-hmm. Flick. But Ants is a bad movie. Yeah. So listen. Ants should never... I want to dissect this a little bit so I can come at you with why... Number one, if you want to get really technical, shouldn't the movie that is not only nominated for the most other categories and then nominated for Best Picture, but the movie that wins the most other categories win Best Picture? I think there could be an argument to be made there. Because if all parts of a movie coalesce, right, and they win the best parts about those, then shouldn't that movie also win Best Picture if it has the best parts about it? So then what... Okay, so... I'm going to keep going. No, no, wait. So by that logic, then, who did you think the Academy was going to choose? Mad Max should have won. Okay. But you uh, wanted the Danish Girl to win. No, Best Picture. Danish Girl wasn't nominated for Best Picture. Oh, I see what you're saying here. You're no, talking about Leo pe- and the... Be- okay. Best Picture, honestly, it should have been... My personal favorite was The Big Short. Mm. But it should have been Mad Max from a technical standpoint. Okay, I see where you're coming And writing. Now. I see. And directing. And acting. Understand. It had the best, most coalesced parts. Yeah. Okay, but that's not really the argument that I'm trying to make. Okay, you look back through Oscar history, there's tons of movies that have been nominated and won a ton of other things and not have won Best Picture. Now, why did the Academy pick this movie? There's one reason. Because they had to. It's the movie that had to win because otherwise they would have been shit on. And there was so much fucking controversy about the hashtag Oscar So White. You go back two years to 12 years of slave winning. I'm sorry. Now, that's a solid flick, too. But that should not have won Best Picture. You know why it won? Because it had to win. Because they would have been called a racist if it did not win. That was not nearly the best film. Just like this year with Spotlight. Not nearly the best film, but it won mm-hmm. because it had to win because of the subject matter and how important the movie was. Now, the Oscars isn't about the most important movie. It's about the best movie. Wow, Josh, you're really passionate about this. It's about the best movie, and that was not the best film, period. Now, the fucking Academy needs some fucking... I can't even think of the word. I'm so triggered right now. It needs, some fucking... it needs to be reformed. Not only just on the issue of racial inequality and racial, you know, Injustice and yeah, yeah, yeah. not equal representation, but how they vote. Number one, to be in the academy, you need to be nominated by someone in the academy, or less likely to be recognized for your contribution to film, which doesn't really happen all the time. Now, the way the academy is broken up, right, is that there's people that represent. You know, it's made up of about mostly actors, has some directors in there, and people from out. You know, the other different departments of things. But there's almost a fucking a union for every department that you can probably think of in a movie lighting sound sound mixing sound there's literally a fucking union for all of them so i think you should probably pick people from those unions because they would know best for each category Mm -hmm. in my personal opinion now they fucking pick these old people which by the way 90 something percent of the i think that it's 93 percent of the academy is white 70 percent are male cis scum 50-something percent are over the age of 60. 
You don't know what's happening, old-timers. I'm sorry. Listen, I appreciate what you've did for movies, but you don't know what's going on anymore. It's fucking moving forward, and you can't keep up. So that's a problem, and you want to get back into this the fucking goes, race. Yeah. That's a big fucking problem, all right? Listen, this goes for a lot of... What you just said goes for a lot of things. Politics, religion. Yeah. You know, it, so. It's so fucking corrupt. It's, like, it's fucking ridiculous. Old people need to just... Sorry to say it, but old people just need to die and let... <laughs> I'm not serious. No, I agree with you. Like, like you don't like that movie should not have won. It did not deserve to win. It just did not. We're just being held there. Well, I guess the movies are being held back by it. You know what I mean? Like, it's a shame. It's a shame. And they, the, these people need to die. Yeah. Or they need to get taken off because they're young and or they're old. and They need to be replaced by more young, uh, even 50, 40, 30 year olds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and well, there's one last little sprinkle I'm going to throw in here. Every year, I sit down, right? Yeah. And I fucking, I power through all those Oscar movies. Not just the ones that are nominated for Best Picture, but all the ones that get a Best Actress or Best Supporting Actress or Best Actor or Best Supporting Actor nominee. Now, I don't always watch all the documentaries and everything. I watch a few. I watch the best-reviewed ones, generally. Like Son of Saul this year, which was a foreign film. That movie is fucking slick, and I highly suggest watching it. Okay? But let me tell you, if I can sit down with my schedule, okay, and watch every single one of those movies, okay, then you and the Academy can fucking watch those movies too, okay, since it's your job, all right? But they don't. I read an interview. Can you stop? Yeah, go ahead. I read an interview. I hate you so much. I really, really dislike <laughs> you strongly. I'm it now. I read an interview with somebody. It was done uh, with... What the fuck was it? The Hollywood Reporter, okay? Of somebody who's in the Academy's voting body, who is a nice, good member of the Academy because they actually do their job. And they said that they're fucking triggered, I'm paraphrasing, fucking triggered that people in the Academy don't watch all the movies. They don't do their job. Literally, he quoted um, one person in the Academy that said, everyone else likes Frozen, it must be good, I'm just going to vote for Frozen. Josh. What? There's something I want to say, Josh. Is this really an unpopular opinion? It, I don't think a lot of people are talking about how... Nobody wants to talk about how... Ooh, Spotlight shouldn't have won. Ooh, 12 Years to Slave wouldn't have won. Ooh, it's too risque. I'm asking you, though. Like, I don't care if it's not, but like... I don't necessarily think it's an unpopular opinion. People are saying this, but right? I think it's unpopular that I'm even raising the question of it. Oh, yeah. Because like I said... I understand the importance of Spotlight, but guess what? It was not the best movie. Shouldn't have won. All right, I got, I got some spicy meatballs for you. It's kind of like yours, where it's like I think that a lot of people would agree with me. It's not really unpopular, but at the same time, it's like websites and and podcasts and reviewers are under the impression that things are one way, and I would disagree and say that things are not that way. So what I want to say is that music games such as Rock Band and Guitar Hero aren't selling poorly because nobody wants them. They're selling poorly because they're not good. Okay? So Mad Cats, like we talked about maybe a couple weeks ago, the CEO stepped down right before their earnings report went out. Mad Cats being the publisher of Rock Band 4, uh, they manufacture all the instruments and whatnot. So, 
listen. Rock Band 4 should have been a better game. The built-in library of songs could have been way better. The way they handled DLC and transferring of DLC was abysmal, it was poor, and they needed to do a better job. Okay? They let you do it from the Xbox 360 to the Xbox One. They let you do it from the PS3 to PS4. They needed to do cross-platform. That's one. Understand? They did cross-gen. They did cross-plat. Okay? Then they made it so half of the songs weren't even transferable. So let's say you had Rock Band 1 songs that you exported from Rock Band 1, which cost $20 when it first came out, by the way. You wouldn't be able to get it right away. Rock Band 2's export couldn't get it right away. Rock Band 3's export couldn't get it right away. Lego Rock Band and the ACDC Rock Band games are still trying to get ported over to Rock Band 4. That includes Ray Parker Jr.'s Ghostbusters theme song, Lego Rock Band. So think about all the broken hearts. Bought Rock Band 4, can't even play. Bustin' makes me feel good. Bustin', 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 bustin'. How does that happen? You know what I mean? You have one job. You're... They're still making weekly DLC, but they can't port successfully the songs people already bought and spent money on? It's ridiculous. Listen, can I chime in here real quick? As long as it's not about Guitar Hero, yeah. It's not. Good. <clears throat> I see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I have more. I'm okay. not done yet. But Rock Band, I think, the vehemently failed because it was the same fucking game as the last one. That's my next point. Rock Band 4 didn't do enough to change the game from Rock Band 3, which is safe. They basically were saying we're going to make a new platform. Maybe they're not a platform. They were basically saying we're making a new game for the next gen, and we're not going to change too much about it because you guys love you know, Rock Band 3 and 2 and 1. We don't want to change the formula too much. But here's where you messed up, Harmonix and Mad Cats. You took things away in the process. You can't play online with your friends? There's no practice mode? What? Oh yeah, but we added a super hard mode in an update where the track isn't there anymore and you just have to know what to do. It's performance mode, but it's super fast and no. They don't want that. They want online play. They want all their songs to be transferred. They want practice mode, okay? If you're going to make it the same, don't take things away. Leave it or give it more features. That's Rock Band 4, okay? And it's fucking expensive. You want it on Xbox 360? You want to use your old instruments? You got to buy an adapter. You want it on PS4? You want to use your PS3 instruments? That's fine. Oh, you have a MIDI drum set? Won't work. Oh, you spent like 300 bucks on a MIDI drum set? No, ain't going to work. What? The most hardcore... Rock Band fans and communities have better drum sets than the ones that came stock with the game. And they can't use them? You're literally limiting your fan... Already, your core fan base is gone. Oh, you're going to put new instruments out. Oh, how much are they? What? That expensive. Really. And they don't even work. There's lag. Really? You could do it right to... Three, four, five years ago, you can't do it now? What? On these consoles? Let's get into Guitar Hero now. Guitar Hero goes, we're going to make a completely different game. We're going to stop copying Rock Band. If you remember, Rock Band World, uh, Guitar Hero World Tour was the first Guitar Hero to have drums and mic. Right. Okay? Listen, dude. 
They finally went back to the guitar method. Good job. That's what we wanted. Just the guitar. Your guitar hero, not rock band, okay? Here's the problem. You only put 40 songs in the bass game. Guitar Hero Live is cool. The live concept of you being first person, they made it live action. It's cool, okay? But you only put 40 songs in, dude? I finished it in like four play sessions, three play sessions. Okay? Then they're like, oh, that's okay. We have Guitar Hero TV mode. Oh, what's that? It's basically MTV. You can watch the music videos, you know? Old MTV, anyway, not the fucking new reality show MTV. The music videos play, and you don't choose anything. They just play. They choose what plays, and you just play them. And you play the songs. The notes come up, and you play them. Okay. And you compete against everyone else. Cool concept. Really awesome. I love it. I play Every time I play my I have it. I have Guitar Hero Live sitting right there. When I play it, I play Guitar Hero TV, because the live songs aren't... Not only are they not that good, there's not enough of them. Okay? The best songs are on Guitar Hero TV mode. How could they fuck this up, Josh? Oh, we're going to make it so you have to use microtransaction credits in order to play the songs when you want. So when you want to play a song, you have to go and you have to use real money or your coins that you earn by playing songs to buy plays that let you play any song on there, but you only get like a certain... So, for example, I have a thousand coins. I'll buy four plays with that. This is way off. This isn't the real... This isn't really what it's like. You get four plays. That means you could play four songs of your choice from the list of songs on demand. What? Why? They should have gone with the DLC route. Let me pay for the songs I want to play. Don't let me pay for the ones I don't want to play. Don't let me have access to them. But make the Guitar Hero TV streaming thing free you can play that you know as many times as you want whatever and then if you want to buy a song to play it as many times as you want you can just buy it a one-time fee 99 cents you sold me that's all i wanted because now i have this worry well what if you guys lose the rights to the song then the game no longer has this song that i like if it was like rock band i could buy the song and be on my console forever and if they took it off the servers i'd still have it okay that's where the game is just abysmal. Okay? Guitar Hero Live is a good game. It's fun. The five, six buttons that they have now instead of the five are really awesome. People think it's just three buttons. It's not. It's six. And it's really awesome. Um, it's a good game. But I understand why no one bought it. You marketed it awfully. You have Lenny Kravitz and James Franco in a living room playing it. Who? who why? Why James Franco? He's big. You have Lenny Kravitz doing a split and his fucking lens <coughs> pops out on stage. Come on, dude. This is... The games are selling poorly. This is sad because Rock Band 3 was a party game that we played all the time, me and you and our friends. We would always go to your house. We'd play it with all our friends, and it was fun. We had strobe lights, and, you know, we turned the music up all the way. But why would I buy Rock Band 4 or Guitar Hero Live? I did buy Guitar Hero Live, but why would I buy Rock Band 4 and pay all that money for less content, less songs that I already owned, mind you, a worse on-disc library, when I can just play the old version and pull out my Xbox 360 and have access to all of that, and customs, because I hacked my console, or I hacked the game, you know? I got one opinion to throw in here. Please do, and then I have one more thing I have to say. 
they didn't have a long development cycle. Okay? I think they thought, you know what? It's been a while since we've put out these rhythm games. I bet you we can make a quick buck off of it. And they're like, yeah. Yeah. You know what? You're absolutely right. Let's fucking chill it out real quick. I think, Here you go. Yeah, I think Oh, for, it was bad? I, I think you're right for Rock Band. I don't think Guitar Hero... I think Guitar Hero's been in development for a long time. I think Rock Band's yeah. the one, you know? It's different issues with both games. Yeah. And I think that, to be fair, I think that Guitar Hero Live is actually the better game out of Guitar Hero Live and Rock Band 4, which is why I bought it. It costs less. You know what I mean? It has more content. It has yeah. more innovations. Uh... Only thing is, you don't have your library from your older games, but it has a fucking huge library. You just can't play the songs when you want to play them. Here's the thing: this is the only redeeming quality. Rock Band Four just got a new Kickstarter, if you will, on Fig.com, uh, the website that what's that game called? Psychonauts Two is being mm. put up on. So you can go and donate. You can put money on there. It's for Rock Band Four PC. And it's bringing back Rock Band Network, which is also a really cool feature that the Xbox 360 and PS3 games had, where anyone could go on their computer, develop a song for Rock Band, submit it, and make money off of it, and Rock Band would put it up there. Those songs that were on Rock Band Network aren't transferable to Rock Band 4. So some of my favorite songs that were more indie, if you will, that aren't sold by Harmonix on their store, they're sold through Rock Band Network, I wouldn't even be able to transfer over anyway to Rock Band 4. But the PC version, the Bring It Back Rock Band Network, you make your own songs, blah, blah, blah. Basically, bottom line is, I'm glad they're making Rock Band 4 for PS for PC. Because I'm going to torrent it, and I'm going to hack it, and I'm going to get all my favorite songs custom, because someone's going to have a way you can do that, and that's what I'm going to do. And all your instruments are going to work, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to go, fuck you, Harmonix. That's my rant music games people want them rhythm games people want them they're not done rhythm games are still loved by many they're great they just sucked this generation that's it i'm done all right guys that'll do it for hapscast episode 10 thank you for tuning in so much we greatly appreciate it make sure you like comment and subscribe make sure you share because i guarantee you if you like it someone else out there will like it as well very true so that being said i'm joshua that's brett roberts we'll see you guys next time